toughest obstacles a person can go through in life, but refused to give up hope. Rather than admit defeat, an opportunity was presented, and it involves each and every one of you. Carol will feature spectacular guests who will share their messages of hope, encouragement, and their inspiration to prove why life's adversities only make you stronger. And now, welcoming the host of the show, here's Carol Graham. Welcome to Never Ever Give Up Hope. Never Ever Give Up Hope is a show about people who have done just that. They have never given up, no matter what. And every time I have a guest, it is one of those stories that is so compelling because so many of us can relate in different ways to circumstances where they seemed hopeless and yet were able to find that one thread of hope to hang on to so that we could turn our lives around. My guests have all survived incredible circumstances. As a result, which often happens, they have a passion to help others. People who may be going through that or something similar. You can hear a story about somebody who went through something that had nothing to do with what you're going through. But because they went through that and have that hope that they hung on to, it's inspiring and encouraging to all of us on different levels. Some of my guests overcame extreme poverty and they became successful multimillionaires. Some have overcome abuse all the way from child abuse to marital abuse to abuse in the workplace, any number of types of abuse. Some have had to overcome serious depression and even suicidal thoughts or possibly a disease where they did were given a death sentence and yet they were able now to live free from pain. And some of my guests have lived through wars in many parts of the world and each of them have an incredible story of survival. Each and every one of my guests is special and I am so pleased to have gotten to know them. They are fighters, they are winners, and they want to share their story to give you tips and insights on how all of us can overcome any type of trauma, no matter what we're going through, and not only to survive as a result, but to thrive. Never Ever Give Up Hope is now heard, and I'm so pleased about this, in over 140 countries. And that shows us all that no matter where we are in this world, the message of hope is one that needs to be shared and one that is searched out. And so many of us who have been survivors want to share our stories as a result. And so I thank all my guests who have been able to share their stories and, of course, all my listeners, because without you, we wouldn't have a show. I appreciate your feedback, I appreciate your input and your reviews, and that's what makes this show a success. Today we have Lorraine Reguli. She is an author, an English teacher turned freelancer. She's a blogger and she's a public speaker. Now she offers a variety of services on her website for writing, blogging, and editing. And the name of her website is Wording Well. We can all learn from that, I am sure. No matter who we are (laughs) as writers and authors, we always want to improve, and then she's going to help us with that. Lorraine has written two books. She's written Risky Issues, which is a fiction book, and From Nope 
to hope how I overcame my suicidal thoughts and how you can too, which is, of course, a nonfiction book. So I appreciate, Lorraine, you joining us today and welcome. Thank you so much, Carol. I appreciate you having me here. Tell us about your first book, Risky Issues. My first book was actually my quote-unquote practice book. It's a self-published book, and I wanted to make sure that I went through all of the steps properly in self-publishing a book and making it available for um, in, as an ebook on Amazon and also as a print book for Create Space. I wanted to make sure that all the formatting was done, the cover creation was done correctly. And so what I decided to do was to compile a bunch of short stories that I had written in the past and put them together in a book format to just ensure that I went through all of the steps correctly. And I did. It ended up even becoming part of my local library when someone, I don't even know who it was, but someone had sent me an email one day and said, hey, you know, we'd love to stock your book in our library. Wow. And I thought, oh, well, that's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> sure you can. And because it was only available from a United States printing company, I had to order the book and then they had to buy it from me. So that's what we ended up doing, and that's how my book got in the library. There's only like five short stories in in there, and they're all fiction. And I had actually written those stories as part of my um, English class just before I graduated high school. And so, I mean, those those stories to me, they're just something that I I had to do at some point, and I enjoyed doing. And I ended up, you know, fixing them up, of course, before I put them into my book. I did a little bit of editing and rewriting in certain areas. But like I said, I mean, that was my practice book just to make sure I went through all the steps correctly. And so when it came time for me to help my clients with their books, I knew exactly what to do. And it was actually a blind man named Maxwell Ivy Jr., who I believe has been on your show already, who inspired me to finish my book so that I could help him create uh, his books and make them available for Amazon and in print through Create Space. I even wrote a blog post about that on, on my website about how a blind man inspired me to publish Risky <laughs> You do have courses then? I know we're jumping the gun a little here, but you do have courses or do you, do you just have people like connect with you on your website and you help them with writing their book or what, what exactly do you uh, well, offer? Well, the, service, the services that I offer include writing, either blog posts or whatever it happens to be, whether it's um, you know brochures or just simple web copy for landing pages. Any kind of writing except for essay writing. I don't write students' essays for them because I believe that they should do that themselves. However, that said, I am also an editor, so I will edit anything. Whatever you're writing, you know, happens to be, whether it is an essay, I will help you edit it, but I will not write it for you. I will edit your ebooks. I will edit your fiction and nonfiction novels. I will edit blog posts 
any any type of writing that you want to make sure is perfect, I will help you perfect. Then, because I became an author and because I learned all of the steps to self-publishing, I started offering services as an author assistant. So I will help other people become authors if they desire to do so. Um, my very first client was Maxwell Ivy Jr. He's a blind man. He has an inspirational story. I admire that man so much. Um, I, and you know what? I, I know I'm not really supposed to be promoting other people. But this man is amazing. He used to weigh over 500 pounds. He ended up losing some weight, getting gastric surgery, and now he weighs 250 pounds. He's a big man, six foot something, six foot four, I believe. So, I mean, that in itself is an amazing accomplishment. Never mind the fact that he's blind or that he's a blogger or that he uses social media or that he runs two web-based businesses. I mean, the guy, like, is just is simply incredible. And now he's also offering um, additional services as, as an online media publicist where and that's actually how I found out about you, Carol, because oh. Max had sent me an email and said, you know what, Lorraine, I think you'd be a perfect fit for Carol's show. I am going to connect the two of you. And if you remember, that's how that's we, right. we started talking. That's right. Yeah. So anyhow, Max wrote um, his first book was called Leading You Out of the Darkness into the Light. And it's a blind man's inspirational guide to success. So it's a, it's a nonfiction self-help book as well. And then his second book is all about his weight loss journey and how he, a book in where he teaches other people's the strategies that he used to be successful in his own weight loss journey. It's called It's Not the Cookie, It's the Bag. Okay. And he, it's an easy to follow guide for weight loss success. And me being an overweight person all my life, I found it simply fascinating and um, he, he, yeah, he's, he's just an amazing guy. I mean, he's an excellent writer. He's an amazing person all, all around. And that's, and I'm sure that's why you've had him on your show in the past too, because he is so incredible. You know, one thing that you said that I just want to address and that is that about promoting someone else. To me, that shows your character because I try on my show to make the show about you you know, about the person, not about me. And I think that you're doing the same thing because you know that it's going to help somebody. And so you want to help somebody find, you know, and listen, listen to Maxwell, for example. I mean, that is awesome that you are, are willing to do that and take away from your time to promote someone else. So I applaud you for that. This is your time and yet you're sharing it. And so that tells me a lot about who you are, Lorraine, and that you do care very much about other people. Other people are my life. I mean, I want other people to know about all the incredible people I've encountered in this world, and Max is definitely one of them. I'm working on his third book right now. He was a winner of the Amtrak Writers in Residency Award, and he was allowed to take a trip anywhere in the United States. And he chose, as a blind man, to travel alone to New York City over the Christmas and New Year's holidays, nonetheless. Like, honest to God, this guy is fearless. He, he was who actually inspired me to 
you know, get, he kind of like kicked me in the butt and told me like, get move on with your book because I want you to help me with mine. And so that's how I ended up, you know, Risky Issues ended up getting published. And then I ended up helping him publish his. And then because he was so impressed with my services, he started touting and singing praises about me on social media, brought in, brought in a few more clients for me. I mean, I helped a lawyer publish a book about something completely different than his chosen field. Um, he talked about how to, you know, how to win clients or something like that. So it was, it was, yeah, it's been, it's been an incredible journey over the last few years because I've only been doing this since 2013. Ended up writing my book over the course of, well, it took me about all of 2016 and then it was published in 2017. So that's, that's my latest, my latest personal accomplishment is putting my book out there from nope to hope. Um, it took me about a year to write and put together and, the reason that I wrote that book was because I saw a need to help people. And, I mean, you mentioned talking about the, my character and the kind of person I am. Well, when I shared my story about my suicide attempt on my website, I noticed that I was getting a lot of comments on that article. And it was, I mean, it's a true story. I, I explained everything in it you know, who I am, what I did, how I tried to kill myself, the things that I've learned. And over time, I've edited it to and up, updated it to help more and more people. And I saw that I was getting over 500 people a day reading that story of mine, that true story. And I thought, you know, I want to help these people even more. And I thought, well, what if I write a book and I share all of the strategies that I've used in order to overcome my own suicidal thoughts and depression that I've suffered through over the years. And that way, you know, I could not only help them, but maybe make a couple of bucks in the process. And I thought, win-win, right? Right. So, so that's what I ended up doing. And what's really amazing is that I get people sending me messages on Facebook or sending me emails and telling me how much I have helped them and how much I have changed their lives and that I've actually saved their lives. It's, it's been an, an amazing journey, and I'm so glad that I'm able to help so many people. Well, that is amazing. And, you know, there's so much satisfaction and even self-gratification when you help somebody else because you know that what you went through is a stepping stone, not only for you, but for them, too. Because if you hadn't gone through that, you wouldn't be in a place to help somebody going going. You you could, but you can't empathize. Right, and that's you know, and that's the thing. Like I used to, I used to focus on all the negatives in my life, and it wasn't until I realized, you know what, I don't have to act like a victim anymore, and I don't have to be dwelling on the past all the time. I can take those situations and I can turn them into something positive, even though they are the most negative situations that you could ever come across. Like, I mean, I'll, okay, I'll just briefly tell you about my story. I mean, you already know it, but the, the listeners don't. I was raped when I was a 14-year-old virgin, and I didn't know how to deal with it. 
And I ended up trying to kill myself when I was 15. When you I say also, you didn't know how to deal with it, was it, did you not have anybody you could talk to or? Yeah, what? I did. I didn't tell anybody about what had happened to me. Um, I didn't have anybody to talk to. I didn't understand exactly what was going on or the psychological effects that it was having on me. Um, I basically just tried to numb the pain by smoking drugs and drinking. And I ended up quitting school because I just, I fell into this huge depression. I mean, I was raised Catholic and I was taught you save your virginity until you're married. So when I had that rape happen to me, I felt dirty, mm-hmm. I felt used, I felt like I was damaged goods. I mean, it really messed with my mind. And it changed my entire belief system. And it caused me to fall into a deep depression, um, so much so that I, I just didn't know how to handle living anymore. And I actually did try killing myself um, by taking like an overdose of Tylenol 3s that had codeine in them. And all that accomplished was making me really violently sick and <laughs> vomiting all night. So that, that obviously didn't work. You know, I, I ultimately, I quit school. I kept going back, quitting school because I just couldn't handle it. I even became promiscuous and started looking for love in all the wrong places. Ultimately, I got involved with prostitution because I figured, well, you know what? I'm giving, I'm giving it away for free now. Maybe I should get paid for it. Wow. And my thinking back then was so messed up that I even got a tattoo on my ankle that has my name in it because I thought, well, if I'm ever found dead, at least my parents will know it was me. Wow. That is how messed up my mind was at that point in my life. How old were you at this point? I was 17 when I got my tattoo. So it was, yeah, I mean, for from 15 to 17, my mom said it was like living with a zombie because, I mean, all I was doing was smoking pot, drinking, skipping school, partying, sleeping around, not knowing how to cope with everything that was going on. And I didn't tell anybody what had happened to me until I was actually 20 years old. Uh. And that was when I finally, I, I got counseling. That was when I entered into counseling. And I, that was a huge turning point in my life too. But just backtracking to when I was 18, that's when I had my son. I became a single mom. Okay. Okay. So uh, there was a lot going on when I was 16. I found out, you know, I got pregnant. I ended up having an abortion because the father was an alcoholic. And I thought, oh, this baby's never going to, you know, be healthy. Then um, when I was 17, I got pregnant again. And I decided at that point to keep my baby. Um, my mom had told me a story about my my uncle and his girlfriend and how he had gotten her pregnant and made her have an abortion. And now she's married to someone else and she can't have kids because of it. And I thought, holy crap, you know, here I am blessed enough to be able to have a child when there's people out there who can't, who want children and can't mm. have them. And so that was the reason I decided to keep my son. And, you know, oddly enough, he is the reason that basically I'm here today. And he's the reason that I've always 
decided, no, I'm not going to kill myself every time I, I had those suicidal thoughts okay. throughout the rest of my life. Let's just stop here for a moment and talk about what you just said. So when you get those feelings, those hopelessness, uh, you know, a very dark... Yeah, total hopelessness. Total hopelessness. How, and do you specifically then turn your thoughts to a positive thought and think about your son or what you have to live for. Is that the tool that you are using in order to combat what you're thinking? Well, initially he was my son, you know, I would think about my son and think, okay, well, I can't leave him motherless. Like there's just no way I'm all he pretty much has in this world. And so that would be my main reason for choosing not to kill myself. But yet I still felt depressed. And I okay, still felt hopeless. Point. Okay. Okay. So even though I was still alive, I actually was, you know, still in that dark place. And so through counseling, basically and, because you weren't happy, right? Right. I was. I was completely miserable with my life. I was completely focused on what had happened to me in the past, and you know, dwelling on the negatives. And it wasn't until I got counseling that I started learning different strategies for overcoming those thoughts and learning to let let go of them and learning to forgive myself. Yes. And learning to, you know, all of the different things that I learned in order to move on with my life. At that point, I mean, I was, you know, I was in my, I was 20 when I sought counseling and it took me you know, it took me a while to, to learn certain things and work through certain things. And the Courage to Heal books, I remember using them, working with my counselor. She advised me to purchase them, and there's a textbook and a, an accompanying workbook. And so each counseling lesson, we would go through chapter by chapter, and she'd give me homework, you know, tell me to do the exercises in the workbook. And then, you know, we talk about it at our next session. And then, you know, it was an ongoing process. And, you know, that's the one thing that a lot of people don't realize is that when you're improving yourself, it's not just like an overnight thing. It's not just one quick right, fix and right. boom, you're, you know, you're, you're immediately fixed uh-huh. and your memories are erased and, and you're going to be happy from now on until, you know, from this point forward. That's not how self-help works. It works by constantly practicing and being aware of what's going on in your life. And even now, like with my book, because Note From Nope to Hope is a self-help book. And it's not just for people who've had suicidal thoughts. It's for anyone who really wants to improve themselves. It's a, you don't have to be suicidal. You don't have to be depressed in order to read this book and have my techniques and strategies that I've shared help you. All you have to do is want to make, you know, make a a positive change in your life in whatever area or areas it happens to be, whether it's family, um, personal, you know, your own personal issues, whether it's work related or anything. It could be in any area of your life. As long as you want to make some kind of an improvement, there's strategies and techniques that you can use to move on, be happy, and be successful. And that's exactly what I've done is I've listened to my own advice 
to get to where I am today. I think that one of the things that you said that I know that we have talked about, you know, with other guests, that is forgiving yourself. What is your take on that? Like, what are the steps to actually forgiving yourself? And, and how do you accomplish that? Well, for me, I mean, when I was raped, I, I actually thought it was my fault. Right. Okay. And that was the first thing that I had to learn to, to come to terms with was that it wasn't my fault. I didn't have control, even though, you know, I, I, I fought my rapist and everything, every step of the way. I still, for some reason, believed it was my fault because of what I was taught growing up. I was taught that God's watching you, he sees everything, and if you do something bad, he's going to punish you. And I figured, because that night that I actually was raped, I had a fight with my father and I ran away from home. Mm. And I thought, oh my God, I'm being punished for running away. And that's why I thought it was my fault. And like I said, I mean, this is, you know, 14-year-old thinking at the time. Right. And that's why it's so important to... You know, when you're, you talk about the steps in forgiving yourself. Well, the first thing is to understand what the situation really is, not just what you think it is. And once you can do that, then you can be, you know, you can forgive yourself. You can say, hey, you know what? Like it wasn't your fault and there was nothing that you could have done to change the circumstances. So you just have to accept it and move on. And if you, forgiving yourself also involves loving yourself. Yes. And that's the thing is I hated myself so much for so many years that it was really difficult for me to say, to start saying, you know what? I am my own best friend. I am a good person. I do have qualities that other people don't have. I have really wonderful attributes. I do love myself. I mean, those kinds of things are really hard for people to tell themselves. And they're really hard to start believing. But if you do, if you say those things to yourself often enough, you will start believing them. And if you couple those positive statements about yourself with other positive affirmations um, that address different sections of your life where you, you know, you want to be more successful or you wish things were a little bit different than what they currently are, then you're on your way to success right there. Um, That's actually one of the chapters in my book. It's called Using Positive Affirmations to Change Your Mindset. I believe that strongly because another thing is even saying them out loud because then you are not only thinking them, you're hearing them. Exactly. I mean, some people say, you know, stand in front of the mirror and recite them. Yes. Other people say, you know, just just make a list and read it out loud every day. Um, I actually took that chapter. It's called Change Your Mindset by Using Positive Affirmations. And I turned it into a blog post on Wording Well as part of a success series that included three different, well, yeah, three different uh, blog post articles. And I basically took that entire chapter and gave it away for free on my website just because I do want to help other people so much. 
So by changing your mindset and using positive affirmations, you will like, it's amazing the effect that it has within as little as a week, you'll start to see a difference in your attitude. Right. You will, you will feel more positive. You will feel happier. You will feel healthier. You will feel so much better about yourself. Like when I first started using them, I was a little bit skeptical because I was like, okay, this sounds like a little too good to be true. <laughs> you know, right. like just by saying these things every day, I'm going to feel amazing. Like what, you know, but I, I did start using them and I actually, I didn't learn about these until I think it was 2014. So it was only a few years ago, like three years ago that I actually learned all about positive affirmations. So even though I learned other techniques, you know, throughout the years, I was really surprised that I had only learned this, you know, recently. And what an amazing effect they have, like, honestly. And then I learned about the law of attraction and visualization. And that's another chapter that is in my book that I also wrote out free on my website, WordingWell. Um, so people can access all of this stuff for free. I mean, it is available on the internet in different areas if you know where to look for it. But if you've never heard of it before, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of like, well, what's this all about? And I will tell you right now, the visualization technique is amazing. I had always wanted to take a trip to like somewhere tropical and see palm trees and, you know, relax on a beach and lay in a hammock under the sun with the waves crashing in the background. And that was kind of my dream vacation. And I had never taken it until I started using the visualization technique. And it's kind of funny because, you know what, it works. I, I couldn't believe that it worked. I was at the pool with my little nephew one day. And there's it was an indoor pool. And they have this picture of a palm tree painted on the wall. And I was laying in the kiddie pool, which is warmer. It's kind of like a whirlpool-type temperature. And I was laying in there, letting him play, doing whatever. And I was looking at this palm tree, and I was thinking, you know what? I would love to be on an island somewhere and feeling, you know, all of this. And this is in the middle of February. And I live in Canada, where it's really cold. <laughs> and, you know, so for me to just be, like, wishing and dreaming about this, you know, nice, hot, tropical paradise was completely at odds with the weather outside. Right. I mean, it was snowing and, you know, freezing cold, like minus 30 degree temperature and everything else. Well, a few days later, after I had taken my, my nephew swimming that day, my brother sends me a text on Facebook and says, yeah, my girlfriend and I were going down to uh, Punta Cana to the Dominican Republic next week. We're going for a week. The temperatures are expected to be between 30 and 35 all week. And, I mean, that's, like, beyond our summer weather where I live. Well, 30 thought, to 35 Celsius. Celsius, yes. <laughs> so that's, like, like I don't even know what that is in Fahrenheit, like 100 or something like that. Super hot anyways. And I thought, you know what, I would love to spend that time, you know, every day laying in the pool or swimming at the beach or whatever. And so I ended up uh, going with him. He invited me to come with him and his girlfriend. And I took that 
dream trip that I have always wanted, you know, and I got to see my palm trees in real life and I got to go swimming at the beach and I got to, you know, write my name in the sand and take pictures of it and do all of the different things that I wanted to all because I had practiced visualization. I mean, there was, you know, certain steps that I had taken throughout, you know, like I had to get a passport. So I got a passport and I, you know, I knew like, Step by step, it was slowly, I was making my dream become a reality. And then when it actually did, I was just like, wow, you know what? This this totally works if you practice the, the techniques and you actually take those steps to work towards your goals. You can make anything happen. Let's back up for a moment regarding your book again, From Nope to Hope. Now, I assume that this was a memoir, but with you talking, I don't think it is, is it? It's not a memoir, although I do share in one of the chapters, chapter two actually, all of the times where I've really, really struggled with my suicidal thoughts and all of the different points in my life that were really low, you know, there was there was a point where I had quit. I, well, I went back to school. I had quit school. You know, I'd mentioned I'd quit school. Well, I went back to school and I got my high school diploma and I ended up going to university for five years and I got my teaching degrees. I got two degrees. I became a high school teacher. Um, but then I ended up quitting teaching to actually return to prostitution Then my son ended up disowning me because of what I was doing. You know, I fell back into the bad habits. How old was your son at that time? Um, At that point, he was 19. And he moved out for three. He moved out and I didn't have any contact with him for three years. And that was when I hit rock bottom. And I ended up smoking crack cocaine for 10 months. I was a complete mess. Then I, one day I just, I, I quit everything. I, I, because I wanted my son back in my life so bad. And so I ended up turning over a new leaf. And the ironic thing is, is then I nearly died of a burst appendix. Oh my goodness. Honest to God. Like how ironic is that? You know, Uh I, and that was my big aha moment because when I was in the hospital, literally dying, I thought, oh, my God, my son's not here. I'm not going to be able to say goodbye to him. I didn't accomplish all the dreams that I wanted to. I didn't do all these things that I wanted to. And it was in that moment that I realized I don't want to die. I want really. And so as a result of that, I ended up contacting my son. I told him that I had been, you know, changing, making positive changes in my life. I told him about, you know, my illness and what happened and my almost dying. And we ended up reconnecting. And it was his positivity that led me to buying my laptop and starting my business and getting involved online, pursuing my writing dreams, because I had written a book when I was in university, and I was encouraged strongly to get it published. Um, So I did some research and then I realized, oh, well, you know what? Publishers now want authors to start promoting their own work on social media. So I thought, okay, well, I need a laptop because my computer was a piece of crap back then. So I bought a new laptop. I signed up to Facebook, Twitter, 
you know, all the social media sites, um, LinkedIn, everything. I started blogging. I started a website. And everything that I learned about that was all self-taught. I just read and read and read and studied and made notes and just started doing it. A year later, I opened up my business because I've always loved writing. I love editing. Anything to do with words, words are my thing. And so it only made sense for me to start a business based around words. And that's why I call it wording well. Because anything to do with words, I want it to be done well. And the reason I actually didn't go back to teaching, because some of you are probably wondering, oh, well, if she became a teacher, why isn't she teaching high school? Well, I was in an accident, a different accident, where I almost lost my leg. I was in the hospital for three weeks. I had two operations on it. I am very lucky they didn't have to amputate it because I was that close to getting it cut off. And... After it took me like six months to heal from that, and it was it was a horrible time of my life, and it, you know it it caused me to go back into a deep depression too because you know I mean all of a sudden boom I can't walk and my legs disfigured and I'm scarred for life and you know every time I have a shower I'm reminded of you know I have to look at my leg and look at my body and you know, think, oh my God, I'm, you know, I'm deformed and I'm ugly and I'm, you know, all those negative things started coming back. I decided that, you know what, I'm physically unable to return to work. I was physically unable to stand for extended periods of time. I was unable to climb stairs and do all of the physical aspects of basically living as a teacher, you know, because I mean, there's So I, that's what I ended up, you know, eventually doing was opening my business because it just made sense. Absolutely. And and now your business is basically for anyone who wants to write, correct? Correct. So I help, I help people, you know, I assist them with their writing if they need it, or I write something for them. And I also do editing. I help people become authors. And I also do a little bit of coaching and mentoring. So I will work with people one-on-one to assist them, you know, like a, like a life coach basically right. to help them move from where they are now to where they want to be. And I mean, there's tons of coaches out there. Like it's a popular, popular yes, skill. Yes. So I, I do a little bit of that as well, but it's something that I, I don't actually promote as much because it's, I can only take on so many clients at a time. Of course. That. So, but, um, if someone, you know, is, is really in a position where they really need that help and, you know, they're willing to pay for it, then of course, you know, I'm going to fit them into my schedule as best as I can and help them out. You've gone full circle, haven't you? <laughs> yeah, you know what? If I, I never thought I would be sitting here today actually happy with my life. It's, you know, I, I, I think to myself, you know, I should write a book of a series of memoirs, like a book of memoirs about my, about my life, because everybody always tells me, Lorraine, you've been through so much, like, you should, you should, you know, write a book and they should make a movie about you. It's like, well, you know what? Yeah, maybe I should share more of my stories about what I've been through in my life. And I, in the back of my mind, I've always thought, you know, 
the first 40 and then the second 40 because it took me 40 years to get to like where I am now. I mean, that was, it was, you know, it wasn't until I was actually 40 years old that things started really changing for me. It just shows you that you don't, as you said, you never, ever gave up, even though there was nothing for you to hang on to, basically, until you came to the place where your son, which was your lifesaver, who was right. your lifesaver, he, he, you, you owe him your life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, you gave him life and he gave you life. What a beautiful circle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really is. It's it's amazing because you often, you know, you when you're younger, you have these visions in your head of how you want your life to be. And for some reason, things never kind of work out exactly how you want it to. But then all of a sudden something changes and then boom, you do have what you want. And for me, I mean, that was that was completely surprising because I always thought, you know, like, oh, well, you know, I'm I'm kind of doomed to a life of unhappiness or I'm doomed to being depressed all the time. It doesn't matter, you know, what I do to shake off the depression and, you know, bring myself out of the funk. It always felt temporary, whereas now it feels permanent. That's an incredible statement. And I think that so many people, as we said way in the beginning of the show, have had similar experience. And if you just have that one thread and hold on to it and don't let go and realize there is something worth living for, there is something that you can do to change your life. Because obviously, when you're not happy with your life, that's what causes, you know, brings you to that place. And now you have gone, as we said, full circle, where now you are happy. So when you were young, did you you see yourself as a writer? I mean, this is something you've now fulfilled, and I'm assuming it was a dream. I never saw myself as a writer. I actually saw myself as a teacher. Okay. And I ended up becoming a teacher. I mean, that's what I went to university for and got qualified, certified for. But more than that, I've always enjoyed helping other people, and I've always loved teaching other people you know, whatever they needed to know in order to either move forward or, you know, do something with school. Like I did a lot of tutoring back when I was younger and, Uh you know, it was in different subject areas. And then, you know, even as, even when I became a blogger, I started teaching other people what I learned about blogging. And it was just any, you know, it doesn't have to be about any specific one topic. It can be about anything. But I've always loved teaching. And I always figured, you know, oh, I'm going to marry a teacher too. You know, I'm going to find somebody who's exactly kind of like me. And we're going to, you know, build a life together. Well, that part never happened. But I've always enjoyed teaching. And um, so the one thing that I I did envision for myself is that I would use writing at some point in my life and in my future to bring me happiness. I've always liked writing poetry. I've written a lot of poetry um, for different occasions, you know, for like my grandparents' anniversary, for my parents, for my cousin's wedding, um, different things like that, plus personal poetry for myself just because writing is, for me, a form of therapy. And when I write, I love expressing myself and it helps me identify and express my different emotions. And 
when I was in university and I wrote my book, it was actually for a, a, a course that I took. It was part of the curriculum. And my professor loved it so much. She said I had received the highest grade in the class, which was 90%. And this is out of like a class of 260 university students. And she suggested that I get it published. And I just kind of like took the book and filed it on my shelf and thought, yeah, I'll do it one of these days. (laughs) You know? Famous last words. (laughs) Exactly. Right? I mean, because that's that's our human nature. Yeah, we'll we'll do it one of these days. We're all procrastinators. You know, we all all do it. Let's be honest with ourselves, (laughs) right? You know, like, I mean... That's just how we are. So I actually still have that book on my shelf. Oh, no. <laughs> I have gotten sidetracked with all my other projects in the meantime. But it is on my list of things to do to self-publish it. And basically, all I need to do really is just, like, reformat it, give it a couple of edits, make a cover for it, and boom, it'll be out there. I mean, I could do that within a month. It's not, you know, it's it's just not high on my list of right, priorities right. anymore because now, you know, I have client work who which is more important, you know, making sure that my clients are happy and and you know, like earning money. I mean, everybody needs to, you know, make a living, right? So I mean, if I don't make my clients happy, well, they're not going to pay me That's and I am right. not going to, you know, build up my business. And that's why I, like I said, I've gotten sidetracked, you know, with other different projects along the way. And then I thought, oh, you know what, I want to write this book and I want to help these people. And, you know, I I just think, well, poetry is such a, a lot of people consider it to be a boring topic and they're not that interested in it. And honestly, the book that I wrote is really only, I would think, useful as part of like a university library because it's a very scholarly piece of work. Okay. It's ta- it talks about seven Canadian poets and it includes a poetry analysis, an in-depth analysis of one of their more famous poems using all the, you know, all of the things that I learned in that class about Canadian poetry. So, I mean, that's a, a very narrow uh, audience who uh-huh, read that uh-huh. book. You know, whereas, you know, something like From Nope to Hope, I mean, that's a worldwide thing. It's I'm helping anybody who's who wants to improve themselves. Well, you have a lot to offer, Lorraine. I mean, you have definitely have hope to offer. And for those who are hurting and who have touched that you have touched them today with maybe somebody that the listeners may know who may be going through uh, some of the things that you had gone through or someone who has been through it and may be dealing with those negative thoughts that keep plaguing them. And so you can help with that and with your book, From Nope to Hope, How I Overcame My Suicidal Thoughts and How You Can Too. That, I think, is an awesome title because it says it all. And the from nope to hope. Nope meaning there's no hope? Right. Okay. To actually having hope. Right. And then you have your writing techniques and classes. Your Is it coaching that you do or? It's coaching, yeah. Private okay. mentoring sessions. Okay. All right. So you have that and you have the editing and so authors can connect with you as well. So you're offering many things, and I'm excited for you, and I'm excited for what your future holds because the way I hear it from what you were saying today is this is the beginning. 
It is. You know, this is not the ending. You haven't, you know, accomplished what you want to accomplish. This is the beginning, and it's going to pole vault you into many other things that I'm sure you can do to help others and yourself because they go hand in hand. And it's true. It it comes back, you know, it's reciprocal. And we help others, even though our attitude is not doing it, you know, to help ourselves. But the bottom line is we do. We do help ourselves in many ways. And so I've seen this as I've listened to your story, and I appreciate that. So thank you, Lorraine, for sharing. And we definitely, I'm sure that our listeners will connect with you. I will have all your you know, your website and all your connection social media sites available on your show notes. And let's trust that there will be many people who will be helped in both areas that you shared today. Well, thank you so much for having me on your show, Carol. Giving up is, is never an option. I would like to say that first and foremost. Don't ever give up hope because you know what? You don't know what tomorrow is going to bring. That's it in a nutshell because you... Literally, you don't know. Tomorrow, the whole world could change. That's right. And also, I just want to mention, too, my website, Wording Well, has a services page that lists all my services, but it also has a contact page where people can find me on whatever their favorite social media is or email me. So my website has everything, and... It's, um, I, I do have another website, LorraineRegulie.com, which I didn't really talk about because that's, it's like my secondary website. Just wanted to, you know, that's the website I first built so that I could, you know, have that there for my authorship. But Wording Well is where you will find more blog post articles, the success series, the free chapters from my book everything but I mean all people have to do really is just google google my name and like a million results will pop up perfect okay I appreciate that Lorraine and thank you again for joining us never ever give up hope thanks again for having me Carol thank you for listening to never ever give up hope featuring Carol Graham did you know that most people succeed because they are determined to Quitting was never an option. Carol loves your comments and will respond to each one. So please subscribe and review this podcast. A rating of five stars would be outstanding and appreciated. Remember, if you are still here, there is always hope.